Yo, this is Stocks and Bars, the stock market hip-hop podcast, the only place you will find finance mixed with hip-hop. And today, yo, I got the best financial coach with me on the podcast. We got Erica Young, and we're going to talk about all about how to get your finances in order, what's happening in the workplace, and more. Let's go. I got my click ready to use the money they got from jobs and courage and teaching them that it's not so hard. I'm doing this, making investing pop. P-Law is extra. You tuning in to Stocks and Bars. Yo, Stocks and Bars, what's going on? So, you know, when we have somebody on here, we have to do special introductions. So check this out. Family, and I tell you, it's been a while, it's been a while. So, the young lady I have with me today, we met at FinCon. If you notice, there's been a lot of things going on with me and FinCon and the established relationships we made. So, we met, me and my wife, we met this young lady and her husband when we were sitting down eating. We were chilling, they sat down next to us and we were talking about our kids and then we ended up having a conversation about children and all of that. And then next thing you know, we come to find out we're both there for FinCon. So we continue to have conversations and family, when I tell you energy is real, energy is real. We continue to bump into each other no matter where we were at, <laughs> at FinCon. And even when we were not at FinCon, we would still bump into each other. So the energy was just leading us to each other to say, yo, y'all have to eventually end up doing some type of work together. So the last time I seen her, I finally got that. I was like, yo, we really got to connect. She was like, all right. So boom, we said it there. Fast forward to now, that connection took a minute. However, we made it happen. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the podcast, Erica Young. She is a phenomenal woman changing the world and when i say the world i mean it all right so thank you for coming on to the show and spending your time with me welcome to the show thanks so much for having me that was an awesome yeah introduction and honestly we were we kept bumping into each other i think that's so funny how yeah. all of that happens and then when life gets in the way and we get back home doing our thing right. like it's hard to connect so we are making it happen and i'm really happy to be here yeah, family, I'm dead serious. We seriously bumped into each other every time. Everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. all love. Yeah, so how's Chris doing? He's doing well. He's doing well, yes. And we have been pretty busy um, getting our podcast off the ground as well. Okay. Uh, we have been doing some travel. We've got... A young person in college and yeah it's just it's been an interesting journey this last year so i will say but yeah we're, we're having a good time that's good that's good so for the people who do not know who erica young is let's go ahead and just give a quick breakdown on who you are and how you got to where you are at right now Wow. Well, let's see how quickly I can do that, because that's not really a quick story. <laughs> I, I will tell you that. But um, I have been a financial coach for 18 years, and that's why I say it's been, you know, a, it is a journey. Yes. Uh, my husband and I, we climbed our way out of $90,000 in debt, and I really wanted to help other people do the same thing. And so I found a passion for 
honestly, budgeting, spreadsheets, cash flow planning, um, got you there. and <laughs> helping people find their debt-free date. That is what is exciting to me. And then also breaking down any barriers that they're having to winning with their money. And today I have shifted in the, in a, the last year or two, I have taken that knowledge and experience to develop financial wellness programs for the workplace as an employee benefit, as well as training other coaches. And so I am hopeful that this one-on-one model that I have created can become a one-to-many model. And I am actively, you know, doing that right now, getting my first couple of contracts and really excited about that. Changing the world, just like I said. Let's go. <laughs> this is reality. When I say change the world, family, I mean, the world is everything that encompasses you. And you have to understand to change the world, just have to change what's around you. All right. We, we, can, we can get broad and say the world is a bigger place. We could, but starts with you and you yeah. taking that initiative. So you mentioned that you are doing things in the workplace. I do have a question. Concerning that, you know, as we continue to have this potential recession on the horizon here, you know, what are you seeing right now that is happening with people working in the workforce on their approach to how they are using their money? Yeah, that's it's big. People are afraid of losing their jobs. Let's just be honest and cut to the chase. You know, the inflation rate has been on the rise and it's at an unhealthy level. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to keep up with that. And that's the honest truth. But it, we've been there for a solid year, I would say. And people are concerned about losing their jobs. And so in practical terms, in personal finance, that means that everybody should be much more concerned about having right. a decent emergency fund. Right. And and I have been teaching and I still believe this to be a good strategy. I've been teaching people to look at their budget, look at their spending, make sure that they're paying attention to the details because if inflation is eight and a half percent, then we need to be making adjustments at eight and a half percent. Right. Right. I would love for someone to be increasing their savings by eight and a half percent because you just don't know what tomorrow brings. I mean, people were sidelined when um, the banks closed their doors um, <laughs> <Right>. and recently <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond just completely you know, is gone. And so I think we have to be wise and we have to make sure that we've got enough in savings to weather a storm should have come our way. But I think people are really nervous and um, they're concerned about their jobs first and foremost. And I think that that is a fair thing to be watchful of um, and, and making sure that people have a solid handle on their expenses and things of that nature. If, if you are, in a stuck position, I think that, that that this is really the time to wake up because I've been oh, there yeah. um, years ago there, you know, frankly, and, you know, 20, let's see, 2000, 1999 to 2000 <laughs> when things were kind of crazy back then. Um, and then again in 2008 and 2009, you know, the biggest thing is you can breathe, you can sleep at night, you can de-stress if you've got a little bit money saved. And so that's that's my first piece of advice that I would say. So when it comes to saving money, the question that always that people tend to have when it comes to saving money is how much. And unfortunately, in this high infl inflation that we're in right now, people are choosing 
taking their money versus saving their money because they have to be able to make ends meet. You know, they got to yeah. be able to still get groceries, pay the bills and all that. So one of the first things that get cuts out of people budget that doesn't exist <laughs> is mm -hmm. savings. They automatically like I'll save later. But I want to tell everybody personally, you won't. You mm -hmm. simply won't because you're not making a priority out of it. And the minute you start making a priority out of it is when it will actually start to increase. Like, yeah, my story with savings is I started with twenty dollars. That's how it started. I just said one day I'm all right. I got to do it. And I set up an account and I just had it auto drafted. So I didn't even see it. And then next thing you know, when I looked at that balance, I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. got a little something here, you know? And I was like, you know what? Change that to 25. And then that That's just continued right. to, to grow from there. So what type of advice do you have for anybody who is running into these hurdles? Like mm -hmm. how can they start to actually put away money for yeah. themselves? Yeah. I think the biggest, the very first thing you mentioned already is to make it automatic. Right. And, and so if it's automatic, then it's one less thing to think about. And right. my preference is that you payroll deduct it and not just have it transferred from your checking to your savings, but mm, have it payroll deducted right to a completely there. different bank. That would be lovely. But there are lots of tools out there now that make savings easy. Like when you spend, you, you can save a percentage. There is So you can make this easy where you don't have to think about it in that way. You can set it up. Um, on the front side. But I also think that we have to draw a line in the sand. I think a lot of people don't want to change habits. Mm. And this is why they say they can't save. <laughs> mm -hmm. The three budget busters, in my opinion, that are keeping people from saving money. I'm going to leave the top dog for last. But the first one is dining out. Mm. We have to eat. <laughs> But do we have to dine out? We uh -huh. have to ask ourselves these questions, right? And so I'm not saying bring it all the way down to zero. But if you look at a previous month and you have spent $400 on dining out, odds are you can easily cut that in half and not feel deprived, right? right? So, so dining out is one. The second one is our subscriptions and how many subscriptions. I actually had one family <laughs> that I was working with. Yes, listen, I'm, I'm calling it on the carpet. I had one family that added up all their subscriptions and that in and of itself was over $150. And they had two children, one of which was an infant. So you can't tell me that this family of four and the infant is not really watching tv right they right? ain't consuming right exactly right <laughs> that that they're using all of these subscriptions and i'm not talking about one was 70 dollars. i'm talking about ten dollars fifteen dollars eleven dollars nine dollars yep. adding it all up and and so we did an audit and they were able to cut that in half they were able to bring it down to like 70 dollars. and so you think about how much you're spending that you don't even realize you're still paying for right. and it's no longer relevant, right? So subscriptions can get you easily. And then the biggest and our favorite one to hate, 
honestly is Amazon. <laughs> Just Amazon <laughs> off my Literally looking at, and, and this is the thing people don't realize that they can look at their Amazon spending. They actually total it up, go online, check out your spending. I know that this is a, a big pill to swallow, but I think that a lot of times we're choosing the convenience and we're not realizing that we're adding extras to the cart. We are getting things that we don't necessarily need simply because it's easy and it's coming tomorrow. And right. so, and and I'm not saying don't do it, but I am saying, think about, do you need it this week? Can you plan for these purchases on the next paycheck, on the next, bu next budget cycle, that kind of thing? Um, and I think it's fair and it's totally fine to have an Amazon category on the budget that is reasonable with right. things that you know you're going to buy. But I think that we tend to get out of hand and we love the convenience that we don't have to go to store and we're getting these extra things. And it's like, do you really need that? <laughs> so, yeah, that's usually a big one, a biggie one, and because we want it fast and it it can it can cloud our vision on yes. what the real priority yes. and need is for sure. <laughs> It's that instant gratification, once again, biting us in the rear end. Everyone yep. has gotten accustomed to getting yep. something as soon as possible. Like, but That's again, right. do you need it? <laughs> Here, real story. I ended, I got Amazon Prime. I usually get it like maybe twice a year because they give it to me for free to try to get me to get it. But ha, yeah. I got y'all. I don't do it. <laughs> Every time they do it, I always say, yeah, sure. And then immediately I go and cancel that, please. So that way I only have it for 30 days. <laughs> There's a trick. If I, if y'all don't know the game, I yep. just shared it with you. But that's how yep. I get it. So they gave it to me and I tested one thing on there where it said you can have it overnight. I said, y'all tripping overnight? <laughs> you need it overnight? So right. what did I do? I pressed the button. I'm like, bet. Let me see if it comes here overnight. Five in the morning, somebody came to my door and delivered it. I said, yeah, wow, I'm really on mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, they have made this super easy to say yes to. Yeah, and, I, I was and, impressed. I'm like, there's really somebody up right now delivering packages for yep. Amazon at five in yep. the morning. All right. <laughs> I didn't need yep. it, but I wanted to see what was going to happen. I and thought I was going to get addicted to that convenience life. Yeah, I, I seriously thought I was going to get an email and saying, yeah, it'll be here by like 10 or something. That's what I was expecting. Not five in the morning with my dog barking like, yo. <laughs> like, yep. Then I check my phone. I got somebody at my door. I'm like, oh, it's real. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they, meant what, they meant it when they said yeah. that. <laughs> Overnight, like it will be here tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> All right. So you and Chris have tackled down into the podcast arena. But before I get there. You know, you two, you two are awesome, by the way, right? <laughs> it was it was a blessing to be able to be able to share a space with somebody who was further ahead in life that had children. We were able to have those conversations, you know, and you were able to reminisce and look at what you had before, and then we were able to look forward to see, okay, what we're gonna end up having to run into. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So question I have for you is when it comes to finances, you know, one of the big things that break up marriages is finance you know and you two have made it so far so is there anything that you could share 
on how the two of you handle finances that have helped you grow together? That's a really good question. So, yeah, we've been together two and a half decades. Yo, <laughs> that's a that's, long that's, that's, yeah, time. Yeah, this is what I'm talking it's about right It's a long here. time. <laughs> and we spent the first five years getting out of debt. So we prioritized that above anything else. And what that did was it freed up cash so that we can make other decisions that honestly were easier, right? So it's su super easy to say yes to a vacation yeah. when you don't have debt following you, or it's easier to say yes to investing or saving when you don't have that competing priority. Um, and for us at that time, years ago, clearly 20 years ago, we had um, $1,000 plus in debt payments. Actually, I think it was $1,200 in debt payments, $1,000 as a mortgage, right? And then yeah. we had childcare for two kids. And so all of those things were similar dollars out. It was disgusting, actually. <laughs> yeah. And so it to hurts. get rid of the debt <laughs> and to be on the same page there was huge. Um, so I, I just, I would say my biggest advice is to move debt out of the way because it makes all other decisions a little bit easier. Right. Um, and communicate even on the small levels. Right. So it, I, I don't think that you can actually talk too much about money and sharing your heart, your dreams, but also your past, your upbringing and how you feel about your credit score or why do you tip, you know, that much? Like, I just think that every conversation is a value add and yeah. understanding your partner and knowing how to relate to them well and then not judging yourself or judging them on their answers really just receiving them how they are and so just stay curious stay curious and give them reason you know room to be themselves and and inquire but I think a lot of the times people think that getting on the same page, these, mm -hmm. you know, this whole idea of what it means to get on the same page, that that's the answer. And really the only way you're really going to be in the same book on the same page is if you're communicating. Right. right. Um, and, and Chris and I don't see eye to eye on every single thing. So there are things where subjects on money, on the topic of money, in which we are in different chapters of the same book, right? <laughs> um, or, or we are in a same genre, right? And and we could talk the same language, but we again we don't see eye to eye. And so I think that I think you need to understand that that will also happen. Like we enjoy talking about money. We enjoy, you know, we're doing well on our journey. We've been out of debt for many years. And um, if we were to step away from working, we'd be just fine today. Yeah. However, that doesn't mean that everything has been a cakewalk in our right. life. <laughs> right. And so I think, and it doesn't mean that we agreed on everything. And it doesn't mean that we process. We definitely still process differently. Even just this weekend, he was talking through the way that he was processing we're doing a renovation project at the house and so he was processing a certain way and I was like oh I get it you are thinking about the end 
and going backwards. And I'm thinking about these smaller details. Mm-hmm. And because I understand how he's thinking about it, I let him have that instead of explaining the way that I'm thinking about it because that's <laughs> uh-huh. unnecessary, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, got it. Now that I understand, perfect. You do the, you, do you boo. And then now, <laughs> and as long as we agree on the overall big picture, great. I'm happy with that. So um, we still don't process the same. So I just think that um, getting out of debt is huge and then just continue to communicate so you can understand one another better. Yeah, so the getting out of debt part, right? We we talked about the whole thing about savings and the, the the hurdles that people mentally run into thinking that they aren't capable of doing it because they have to spend it on this. They have to do this. And like you said, you really have to do an audit and figure out, do you really need that? You know, is <laughs> yeah. that true? Um, so what I wanted to get to was, I lost my train of thought here as I was as I got on that one. <laughs> Um, you were talking about your husband and, you know, getting on the same page about everything. So when it comes to that, you know, how did you and your husband have that first conversation to say, okay, this is where I'm at right now. This is where I want to get to. How do you and I get there? How'd that conversation first start? Honestly, we were forced into it in premarital counsel before I had a ring on my finger. (laughs) So... I am a big fan of counseling um, and we disagreed about where if we were going to get married, where we live, meaning two different states. Like we just didn't think I thought one thing, he thought another. And in the end, sure, we resolved that um, and we ended up in the state that I thought we were going to end up in. (laughs) So first of all, he learned that the wife is always right. (laughs) But second of all, in that counseling, one of the biggest things that our counselor did is he, he told us to bring our credit reports to the table Mm. and he gave mine to Chris and Chris's to, to, to me. And I was, Lord, I was like, I just, I have never shared my credit report with anyone. And, and I was young, but yeah. I also was clear that I wasn't on time with all my credit cards, that I had a whole bunch of student loans. And, yeah. you know, I just was like, what is this going to be? And that was, we were thrust upon talking about getting out of debt and why this was important or, you know, honestly understanding if we wanted this to be something we were aggressive about, right? So you can look at the credit report and say, oh, well, I'm fine with it. You know, $45,000 in student loan debt, no problem. (laughs) You know, but I was, you know, when I look back and I say, wow, in the first five years of our relationship, we paid off $90,000 in debt. I mean, 90,000 repulsed me looking back on it. I I would never have wanted to stay in that place longer than that. And even I wish that it was a little bit sooner. And so, um, we didn't know how to start that conversation. Someone else started it for us. So there's that. But also I think that because of that conversation where we had to really understand what we wanted, we started dreaming about the other stuff we wanted. Right, you know, we right. started thinking about, you know, we I want to travel or I would love to have a boat or you know, I want to be able to send my kids to college for free. Like we were, we would, 
we started talking about, okay, so when the debt is out the way, then what? What's the next step? And we right? didn't wait until the debt was out the way yeah. to talk about it. So then we would just get excited about the possibilities. And so I think sometimes it's okay to let somebody th force you into that conversation. And that's the role that I have sat in as a financial coach. Um, sometimes it's reading a good book. Sometimes it's watching. There's plenty. There's plenty of documentaries out there now that are helping <laughs> people with their finances and and thinking about things differently, as well as just, you know, showing up at conferences. And um, yeah. not everybody who comes to FinCon is completely out of debt, right? Like, I would, <laughs> I would say yeah. there's a lot of people who are in the middle of their journey, right? So, you know, find what works for you. But I think for us being thrust into having to start that journey worked. It worked for us. So... The one thing I want to come back to is how you started that journey, right? It took you five years. So yeah. back to instant gratification. A lot of people see these social media posts. I got out of debt. And I, I think the problem what we have right now is everyone thinks that it's supposed to be just like that every single time that it happens. And it's like, no, it's, it's not like that. It's blood, sweat and tears. And this is why you have to appreciate the journey. And what I often tell people is you have to learn that while you're on the journey, you have to appreciate everything that is going on during that journey, because yeah. the end goal isn't what this is about. This is about the learning experience. And then you have to circle back and that has to get fulfilled. So like what yeah. you're doing now is being a coach. You learned all of those painful experiences is bottled up now. And you're the package. And like, listen, <laughs> I've already been through it. I've seen both sides of this coin now. It took a while. It took me 60 months. It doesn't have to take you that long, but it doesn't yeah. matter how long it will take you. You have to take the steps and approach it. Yeah. You said you were doing like $1,000 a month. A lot of people will look at that like, whoa. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Look, there was one point in time when I got out of debt. And it took me the same amount of energy. It took me like a mm -hmm. thousand, you know, twelve hundred dollars a month to get it. And you ask, well, how did I get it? We had to get another job. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got to put in work. If you really want to get this, this is going to take extra income. You're not going to sit back on the one job and think it's yep. going to be all good. Like, yeah, sure. You might be able to devise a plan. I'm not going to knock it. But the hustler. <laughs> oh yeah yeah you 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 gotta put it in if you want to get out you want to make it fast then you gotta really put in that work so yeah and that and that's not easy no uh, my husband did have a second job when we were looking to get out of debt and trying to figure all of that out and and to be clear that twelve hundred dollars a month that we were paying that, that's minimum payments we had student loans we had mm. credit cards Talk and we had it. car payments <laughs> yeah. so that's just minimum that's yeah. just making sure that i don't have any any slow Stars, pay late pays yeah. on my credit <laughs> right and so we had to find ways to double that and and really it was when it was bonus season or tax season or you know that's when we were really able to accelerate and go faster that's this is actually why it took us five years is because you know the minimums were so much we had little kids in in yeah. child care there were all of the competing priorities for our money and it wasn't like we were out here you know living the life right you know we 
from the beginning of our marital relationship, we were on this journey. And so I think that it it's, we had to do extra in order to have the extra to put towards it to make it happen faster. Because you know, those student loans, minimally, they want you to take 10 years. 10 years. 10. Right? And they, so, they even got 20 um, out there. And that, they, they right, might be they doing do the mortgage right? now. And so <laughs> we, we were insistent that that wouldn't be our story. And so, and that was the biggest one. And I think that it just takes a lot of determination. And it also takes, you know, you being willing to get outside yourself to, to get the results that you really want to see. That's it for this half of this podcast. What have you done with your spouse in order to discuss finances? Let me know. Tag the show and stick around for part two. See you next week. I got my click ready to use the money they got from jobs and courage and teaching them that it's not so hard. I'm doing this, making investing pop. P-Law is extra. You tuning in to Stocks and Bars. Stocks and Bars. Stocks and Bars. Stocks and Bars.